0: Today on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching Spectacular Spider Man. Uh, and we watched episode one, Survival of the Fittest.
1: With great podcast comes great reprehensibility. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, You're listening to Amazingly Terrible, where we dive into our misspent youth to mine old cartoons for comedic gold. I am Adam. I am a reformed wolf trainer living out the last of his days in Seattle.
2: I'm Matt. I'm a a (laughs) pre-alcoholic. I'm Derek, and I don't know what to say to that. I'm David, and my
1: job
0: is never easy. (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true mm, that is you got you gotta wrangle this bag of cats that we call amazingly terrible today we are watching episode one of the spectacular spider-man the 2008 series that was short-lived we only have two seasons to choose from we chose season one or the dice chose season one for us chose episode one sorry the dice chose episode one for us this is a podcast where we compare cartoons from our youths with other cartoons from our youths, except I think we actually <laughs> changed that format, so really we're just reviewing old cartoons. <laughs> so, uh, this week, we are watching The Spectacular Spider-Man. My name is Adam. I will be your Sumerian this week? What What, what, what is that? Um your, I will be your guide through the world of Spectacular Spider-Man. I'll be the one to, I'll be the host talking the most. Yeah. Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> I seriously do not know how you could have fucked that up more. <laughs> <laughs> so um David, Sir. at what at what point in time do we go back and do our retractions from our previous episodes because uh no I got to fix a couple things.
1: Well, not, nothing has been posted online yet. Right. So I can still edit them.
0: Okay. I, I think should, ah, uh, I don't know, that's th- maxive effort. I think I should just say the issue and just ask forgiveness. It's Go a fact. It. So last time I mentioned that Funmation purchased the rights to Battleship Yamato oh. and turned it into Star Blazers. Um, and then I, I mistakenly said, Oh, I thought they died with Storm because I mistook Funmation with Filmation. Uh, oh, okay. Filmation is dead. Funimation is alive and well and actually focuses on bringing Japanese anime content to the US. So,
3: Well, because we're all making confessions, I, uh, I'm shocked and, and terrified to admit that in the first episode, I said Mattel when I met Hasbro.
0: Oh. Oh. oh, Matt. Uh. Derek, do you have any confessions you want to make?
2: No. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Wait. Like these are such deep dark confessions.
0: Should we I um... do
2: I do have my uh, my audacity set not correct right now and I have this like <laughs> double <laughs> fucking loop going on in my headphones, but I can deal with it because okay. I'm a fucking trooper. Should we I talk do about, uh... I do know about the setting though that will get rid of it. Okay, so, I
1: don't deal. have anything to confess because I've just been re-recording my lines and replacing everything I you.
0: say. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. I, I do appreciate <laughs> when you add those little moments of clarity into the recording where you, where it's yeah, actually just one. like, oh, by the way, guys, we're talking about some guy turning into smoke. Right. Because yeah. we failed to mention <laughs> it when we're talking about it. We, no, we no, jumped no, right no, to the no, joke.
1: No, yeah. we, we, we cut out like a whole bunch of stuff where we did talk about. It. Yeah.
3: Um, so the other thing we should t- probably talk about is our format change. Yes, David, do you want to yeah. do you want to give us a little insight on why we've decided to change the format of the show?
1: Well, we just seem to naturally gravitate towards separating out these shows when we are doing two into we do one show and then we do another show. So we were weren't really getting any benefit out of doing two episodes and. On one podcast.
3: Also, they were four hours long.
0: And it was taking us six hours to record each of them. So. But that's not
2: today's episode.
3: So as we exit the worst Marin Open ever... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it's a testament to how uninteresting the show is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Uh, I am on the bandwagon of this was a boring show. Oh, uh, Easily. So let's go ahead and start our review of the spectacular Spider-Man 2008 television cartoon. It's Spider-Man. Who doesn't
1: know Spider-Man? Well, I did yeah. say, as an episode one of a Spider-Man... Uh, series, thank fuck they didn't redo the origin story.
3: Yeah, God, like, uh, we get we Finish had short. we got to Finish see short. it in a flashback, and that was fine. I was
0: completely happy to see that. We got was to see full the
1: spider. The, the spider bite was
0: in a very quick flashback. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, but we we didn't have to hear the Uncle Ben dying.
3: Yeah, this whole cartoon assumes, like, like, really assumes you know the mythos. Yeah,
0: which is good because I.
1: I don't think even Batman has been redone from the beginning the way Spider-Man has.
3: Well, I, I think it's interesting because I, oftentimes I feel like the classic superheroes, the most interesting story you can really tell about the, them is their origin because it's the, really the only time the character goes through any sort of transformation. They decide to take on this bigger responsibility. Um, and the rest of the time, um, really narr- the narratives are more about the villain because the villain actually goes through a transformation um, and develops as a as a person,
0: all right, let's get right into it. We let's open it. up on a creepy spider crawling across some sort of web that is stretched across a crack in a building that is taller than the entire Manhattan skyline because it is overlooking the Manhattan skyline. Because so Matt, it, as it our is way high up there
2: Resident New Yorker is there a building even remotely close that could be that or no?
3: This is not, no, <laughs> the, the view we're seeing, like we're looking up from the south southern tip of uh, of the Manhattan Island, uh, and there are no buildings out there in the ocean. The only thing that's out there is Liberty Island, and that's kind of in the wrong place for this to work.
0: Drug so technology. we we then pull into a narration that's being started by somebody named Peter Parker.
3: Well, there's an um, abrupt tone change. Like, it starts with, like, this creepy vibe for literally, yes. like, yeah. two seconds. Yeah. And then we snap into
0: some sort of, like, high-paced action, parkour-type thing taking place. Right.
3: It's and it's radical wild.
0: He's in, like, this blue and red spandex suit, and then suddenly he starts, like, shooting this, like, weird strings out of his hands. Yeah, he's got jizz hands. He's got jizz hands. Like, just <laughs> running across like, buildings and doing flips and diving.
1: He does
3: announce that he is the Spectacular Sp- Spider-Man.
0: Yes. The Spider-Man? Okay. See, I, I didn't get that because they didn't actually explain anything about this guy. He just sort of shows up and starts swinging around. It's crazy.
1: I, I thought he was <laughs> uh, some type of flying squirrel
0: because he had that membrane under his yeah, arms. He's, he's got like the, armpit flaps. He's got the, the arm yeah. brain? This the man character, he's actually looking around. He hears an alarm go off and he's like, all right, about time I get to go get to go do something. So he then get jumps off a building, dives into traffic, shoots his strings, jumps over to <laughs> some building called the Jewelry Center. Two bad guys pop out on the roof. They're carrying bags of jewels. They're looking around. Literally
3: like enormous bags of like raw, loose gems. Just, just gems,
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's when Spider-Man shows up. And Spider-Man is basically saying, to one of the guys, Marco. Hey, this is the third time I've beaten you this summer. Um, and as soon as he said that, I was thinking, why the fuck did they go out on the roof if they knew the Spider-Man was there and this guy's already been gotten his ass kicked by Spider-Man like three times.
3: Uh, but it, there is a reveal as to
0: why they do that.
3: They are bait.
0: There is a reveal for that. Yes. We do find out that they are being watched very closely on a live feed by none other than Keith David.
3: Yes, the evil Keith David.
0: The evil and his Keith hen- David.
3: And his henchman, the Forehead. He is the liaison for the big big man or big guy. The uh, big I'm calling him, him no, big quote, guy. not the kingpin.
0: He is... What do you mean, not the kingpin?
3: Okay. He's not the kingpin. <laughs> we don't know that yet. Keith David and the Forehead are spying on Spider-Man via a live feed.
0: But in that live feed, they do see a few things in the fight. The craziest part of the fight is Spider-Man has developed a brand new Spidey signal Mm. that he shoots from his crotch. Yeah, he's a spotlight. A a giant red spotlight that just looks like Spider-Man's face, and it's coming off of his belt buckle. And he even asks Marco, hey, what do you think of my new Spidey signal? Is it a bit too much? And the answer is yes. Oh yeah! What, what the fuck is he going to use that for?
1: <laughs> well, if he's ever in trouble, he needs to su- summon Spider-Man. He can shine it into the sky. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Spider-Man loves gimmicks in this. In this for incarnation, he loves gimmicks. He loves cheap shit, and uh, he it shows that you know maybe he's new at this, and he's still kind of like spitballing wacky ideas. Uh, It could also be that uh, this was the um, product tie-in that they were going to sell these (laughs) Spider-Man flashlights. Uh, But I doubt that, because I don't think they made toys for this.
0: Yeah, it would have been kind of strange if they did, because this this was a very short-lived series. Um, It turns out, uh, just to get into that real quick, since we're kind of organically there, this is a 2008 cartoon uh, that was released on The CW. Uh, It only lasted for two seasons, primarily because... Uh, the second season they released on Disney, and this was when Disney purchased Marvel. Ah. And Sony Pictures actually owned the rights to spider man as everybody knows. So it was Sony that was making these cartoons and since it's now on the Disney Channel, they said, no, we're not going to keep making them because there was just too much conflict there. So So we find out that Keith David, Keith David, has been uh, watching looking for Spider-Man for quite some time. He's called for the enforcers, and then we cut to the opening credits.
3: Yes, it, which but, is set to uh, the most boring Blink 182 song I have ever heard.
2: Was this is actually? it really Blink 182?
0: No, because I would, I would, oh. I would believe it if it was, because it seems, it seems so bland and it seems so like gimmicky. Yeah, that I would have assumed that like some band, like an actual real band, came up with it, and. They were just not really into the uh, idea of working for Sony, but they couldn't say no to the dump truck of money that was pulled up to their house. So Spider-Man, sort of like
3: Spider-Man definitely has a history with like the edgier end of a palatable pop rock, um, but this was
0: very not not exciting. Yeah, this was yeah. a weak song. It was a weak song, and this was by far the best part of the episode. Have um, we Have we reviewed a, a show that's had a good song? Gem yeah, and the holograms. holograms. Oh, God, I hate that Me and that my one. friends are gym gym girls. Girls. I've, I've been singing that for, like, weeks now, so.
3: <laughs> There's also <laughs> uh, a lot of really bad typography in the opening credit montage. Oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking specifically when they when they, uh, talk, when they they throw spectacular up there a couple different times and weird type arrangements. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, overall, the show feels more like late 90s stylistically than it does
0: yeah. mid-2000s. But the main the main takeaway is for the Spider Man song is the chorus of. There's Spider Man, there's Spider. Wait, no. What is it? Yeah, spectacular, sp- spectacular, Spider-Man? yeah. Spectac- spectacular, spectacular Spider Man. Yeah. Spectacular, spectacular Spider Man. And that's <laughs> and that's it. Just repeat that over and over again ad nauseum, and then you got it. So. Uh, uh, one, very late. One 90s. one thing I did like about the song though is it is played in an off key. So it is like it's like one of those flat songs that goes flat instead of sharp. So it's kind of it's kind of more like noise than it is music.
3: <laughs> it's kind of more like suck than it is anything. Right? Yeah, right. And I
0: kind of take that. I hate it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, we we get through that, and it's it that's. I think you're right. That is probably the best part of the episode. It, it's very um um. It, there's nice transitions, but terrible typography.
0: Yeah, I think. And then the, we... the best imagery we have is the like the last part where you have Spider-Man like lands on top of the camera, arches his his uh, chest back, and then throws himself forward, spraying his his semen strings from his <laughs> wrists into the camera, <laughs> just spraying it all over the camera. Just okay. jizzwebs. webs.
3: So. Uh, we then. Um... We then cut to Peter Parker's home with his Aunt May. And it's, we...
0: It's, we do a close-up on his face. And actually, this is the point where it lost me entirely. I And I don't know why, but this particular style of animation bugged the shit out of me.
1: Exactly. That, yeah.
0: The The lack of pupils was killing me. And, and it, it it's stupid. It's like the stupidest thing. It's one of those like weird Uncanny Valley things. But like, I... It it completely took me out of it, and I like couldn't pay any attention to the series because nobody had fucking pupils.
3: I kind of liked the art style. I felt like it was a little more stylish than your usual, uh, you know, bog standard superhero cartoon. So I enjoyed that. But his nose was drawn really, really weird. Yeah, it's like a shoe.
0: Yeah, it has like yeah, a notch like in a, it. Yeah,
2: it's like a W. Yeah,
3: yeah like a yeah. flat W. Um. Anyway, this we learned that. We learned that um, Aunt May is running out of money.
0: We do. And um, Peter Parker overhears this. We, we find out in this scene that Peter Parker, or Spider-Man, uh, his uncle passed away, which I guess his uncle and his aunt have guardianship of him for some reason. <laughs> um, but his uncle God, passed Jesus. away, and his aunt has no money, and his aunt loved his uncle, but she thought he was an idiot. Um, so... He then pretends like he didn't hear it, walks in, hits on his aunt, really fucking weird, really fucking weird, uh, hits on his aunt, and then leaves to go to school. And yeah. As he goes to school, we, like, hear the the inner dialogue of him talking about, oh, now we gotta worry about money, but I'm not gonna let that get me down, because it's my first day of school. Yeah, because he's feeling up. And then we do one of, I believe, two...
3: Oh, the transition
0: Scene transitions.
3: Yes. Which Where is... The sp- like,
0: very, very creepy tra- scene transitions where you have the, the picture, then you have the skittering sound of spiders, a mass Thousands of mass of spiders crawling across the screen, and then the, the screen after they cross it is the new fade-in, is the mm. next location. I think I, the only I think they only do this twice. I think you're right.
3: It, and and I, they do it very early in the episode.
0: Well, they do it very early in the episode, and I think that they do it when they introduce you to the villain of the episode. Mm. Because the next scene we're looking at, um, vulture, some old guy that winds up calling himself vulture yeah. later on. Toby,
3: old Adrian Tom- Tombs.
0: Adrian Tombs. Adrian Tombs yelling at a scientist. The scientist is like backing away, freaked out by this old guy, and then Osborne steps in.
3: I, I just want to point out this is our second scene. With a no name stand-in, just so one of the main characters can talk to someone else, can
0: throw exposition out. Yes,
3: Aunt May talks to a nobody. This guy's talking to a nobody scientist. Yeah, so,
2: we, so was we come to was find Vulture, out, was was he a guy like in the Spider-Man cartoon, like comic books? Yeah, yeah. man, yeah, he's yeah. he's okay. Vulture.
0: <clears throat> so if, that, if that, if I recall again, correctly, and I am pulling this from the the first Spider-Man cartoon that I watched, that the Vulture. The nineties one, yeah. The Vulture is actually a older gentleman that was experimenting with some type of youth serum, right? Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, the, the Vulture has never been a very serious villain.
0: He hasn't really been like a dialed in villain either.
3: I mean, except time. for Michael Keaton in Spider-Man: Homecoming, who was who did a, I, I think like a definitive Vulture.
0: Job. I think he did a really job with it.
2: Um, oh, I didn't see that movie. He was the Vulture in that movie then. Mm-hmm.
0: You didn't oh, cool. see the new Spider-Man movies? No, Spider-Man. I'm
2: sorry, guys.
0: Oh, you need to see them, because they're... Uh, honestly, I think that they're the best Spider-Man okay. property.
1: and,
3: and
0: by the,
1: answer, answer me this. Do they redo that? the origin story?
0: They don't. <laughs> they do not. All right. They do not. And that's know, one of the, the best wife, parts, is they, they skip over that part. I,
3: I would say that these are by far them. the okayest Spider-Man movies I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> 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 well, Matt, judging... well. <laughs> Due to the fact that Spider-Man was my favorite comic as a kid, oh wow! I will go watch the most okayest Spider-Man movies that have ever been done. Tonight was going to be a movie night, but then I was like, "Nope, podcast." So, well,
0: honestly, the, the new Spider-Man movies they they do something that I was arguing for uh, back in the beginning of the MCU uh, setup, the MCU universe, which was you have a genius like Tony Stark that has this massive amount of tech and unlimited resources, and he wants to help all the people around him. Why doesn't everybody have a suit? Why doesn't, why doesn't Iron Man, why doesn't Tony Stark just make a suit for Captain America that will enhance Captain America's abilities and make him like even more of a Superman. Yeah. Why doesn't he make a suit for the Scarlet, uh, the Black Widow? I keep calling it the Scarlet Widow, the Black Widow. Uh, <laughs> So uh, so she actually has, like, some added protection rather than just her, like, her toys, you know. Yeah,
2: her and Hawkeye had just leather, like, jumpers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's but, it. Everybody else, oh, I can fly with my arms fix and it. shoot shit.
0: They fix it in these Spider-Man movies. Because in these Spider-Man okay. movies, he, Tony Stark actually makes the suits for Spider-Man. It says, hey, kid, here, have the best tech. And, and it actually makes oh, sense cool. why Spider-Man has such a nice costume.
2: How oh, nice. But, yeah,
0: I've mixed feelings anyway. about that. But let's move on with our uh, cartoon assessment. Yes. So Osborn shows up, and he's like, "What's all the hubbub about?" The old guy. He <clears throat> Adrian yells at Osborn about how he stole his technology because he has a Magnaflight suit that he mm-hmm. was showing off to the folks over at Oscorp, and they. They told him that it was bunk. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then they created a tech flight suit.
3: And we learned something very important about Norman, uh, and that is repeated pretty much every fucking time we see him, which is Norman never apologizes.
0: Yeah, and he's also ageist, because he says you're an old man. Old men yep. can't do shit. If you haven't invented anything yet, nobody's going to believe that you invented anything at all. So go suck wind. I'm not. I'm not. Doing anything? Uh,
3: so then we get a spider transition back to, uh, what is it? Midtown High, Midtown Middle High.
0: Is it a spider transition? I thought it was just a regular transition.
3: Well, I can't remember.
0: Back to back to middle Middletown Mid Mag-
3: Magnet. It was it's, a magnet school. It's
0: it's three M's. So right, Middletown Manhattan Magnet High School M three. And I had a whole write-up about doing a 3M joke here, um, because 3M famously is uh, started off as a mining company. And they had these three different mines, and they, they were attempting to remove all of the rubble out of the mines. They had to develop these new systems to actually make rocks stick to these conveyor belts to pull them out. The mines had nothing in them, they had to close the mines, but they realized that they were really good at making stuff stick to other stuff.
3: If you think about it, Peter Parker really should work for 3M.
0: Exactly. He should be the spokesperson for 3M, because he sticks to walls.
3: Mm -hmm. And he shoots sticky stuff. Non-permanent sticky stuff.
0: So we pull into the high school, Peter Parker meets his friends for the first time in 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 the show. Uh, it's Harry Osborn, Osborn's son, and Gwyn Paltrow. Stacy. Quint Stacy. And Gwynneth Stacy um, <laughs> talks about how she went to science camp over the summer. And during this, we see, for absolutely no reason, half of a Spider-Man mask flash across Peter Parker's face as he himself is reflecting on what he did over the summertime. Be Spider-Man. I don't understand why they did that. Did they think that kids wouldn't make the connection that he's spider-man
3: so I don't. They had
0: to show that to them.
3: Uh, maybe they were like, "Hey, we we need an extra two seconds in this episode. Where can we cram in uh, what, an what extra we cram scene? In? Yeah. yeah. How, can we, what, what can we do cheaply without new animation? Well, we'll freeze this frame and then fade in the that's, mask
0: over it. I can see that. I can see that. It, it's, it's it seemed like an artistic choice that was made for like absolutely no reason. That that's the only thing. So
3: both Gwen and Harry are boring
0: they are, they are Yeah, that's pretty much the establishing point so uh, Peter Parker ignores them to go talk to the prettiest girl in school because he, uh, he is now determined that he is no longer going to be Peter Parker the geek that got stuffed in the locker over a sophomore break but rather Spider-Man the heroic character and he's going to bleed that over into his everyday life at school
3: yeah and Spider-Man wants to bang Sally the cheerleader
0: the, he wants to bang Sally the giant alien-eyed blonde cheerleader
3: yeah with a um, a Long Island accent
0: yep and I gotta tell you Sally has got the coolest fucking boyfriend Mm. and I think that he is actually the best character in the entire show.
3: He is the only one that is like
0: nuanced or unexpected in any way and redeemable in some fashion so because Peter Parker hits on her, she rejects him as you would expect to happen angrily in a, in a kids tv show and then her boyfriend shows up and and oh. spider-man or peter parker um sputters oh i i didn't realize that you two were dating i'm sorry what's his name
3: dwayne grant or something i don't know grant. yeah
0: dwight dwight something and, and and the boyfriend is like it's cool it's cool whatever yeah and, and the girlfriend's like, what do you mean it's cool? And he's like, well, do you want to date him? And she says no. And he's like, what the fuck do I care? And it's like, yeah, that's no, actually he, like a healthy attitude to have. At yeah, he has a lot
3: of self-confidence. It's just not threatening him in any way.
0: Yeah. I mean,
3: it, it is emasculating for, um, for Peter, but uh, he seems is, like a well-rounded but, individual.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's not unkind then,
3: to Peter, really.
2: Of all the things that can be kind of dissected in this episode, I thought that that scene was was very modern, very... Yeah, yeah. A well, like know, only broken, that
3: one uh, little a- interaction, because then we go into the interaction with Flash, which yeah. feels like every bully scene ever in,
0: in like any... From like the 1980s. Yeah. yeah,
3: Right, yeah. Um, so which, Flash bullies him.
0: Yeah, and pushes him over uh, uh, one of his pals. It's like crouched behind Peter Parker. And this is when we cut to the scene of uh, uh, Charlie's Enforcers we have a uh, talk box in the middle of a warehouse sitting on a chair uh, and with Keith David's voice in it, talking to a yes. bunch of random people that have shown up.
3: And they're like the shittiest village people. They're like a they cowboy, are. a lumberjack, and a pimp. And they're just like cheap, zero-thought stereotypes.
0: Yeah. Right? One of them was a pimp, wasn't he?
3: Yeah, so they, they had Cowboy, The his name is Montana, the lumberjack, I think his name Montana. is Hawks, and then the pimp is named Fancy Dan. And um, Fancy Dan. Honestly, this was insultingly boring
0: and and lazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, Basically, the Keith David said we have been tracking uh, Spider-Man's movements all summer. It took us that long to figure out how he or where he's been moving throughout the city. I now want you to go hunt him down and squash him like a bug. Yes. Cut back to Middletown, Manhattan Magnet High School, 3M. And 3M is uh, basically letting out a class and when and Peter Parker are being held after by the teacher because the teacher has an exciting opportunity for them uh, there's a multi marketing multi-level marketing scheme yes. started by dr Connors. Please
2: join my join my team yeah. so he...
3: and and this is the point where uh, Peter has uh, PTSD flashbacks to a bug bite
0: yeah, to a book bite. And now we, we, we suddenly understand what is going on in this cartoon. This is when it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> because we see that there is a purple spider that shoots web jizz into his DNA. And mm. his DNA gets so mutated that he really should be a Cronenberg monster. But instead, he's just a high school kid with a tag sticking out the back of his shirt.
3: Well, his his DNA turns
0: red and blue. And then it gets all webby. It's all oh, it webby. does get webby. Webify. Yeah. So, but yeah, the teacher basically says, Gwen, Peter, you're my two best students. I have been asked to find some students for Dr. Connors' labs to be lab assistants for Dr. Connors, uh, or lab interns, I should say, rather, for Dr. Connors uh, over at the university. And I suggested the two of you because you're my best students. And they're both like, oh, that's awesome. And he says, the job starts right away. So these two kids. Instead of talking to any of their guardians about the fact that they have now been accepted into doing some sort of super secret science project after school, just wind up going to go hang out and then go to the uh the lab without any explanation yeah. to anybody. And and also this seems acceptable from a administrative standpoint from the high school. It's <laughs> It, it just seems odd to me that, the, that anybody in the high school would be okay with a teacher propositioning students and then the students basically going with the teacher outside of a school setting or doing something the teacher told them to do outside of a school setting without any guidance from their guardians, without any permission from their guardians. It's bonkers to me.
3: <laughs> well, we, uh, we also get another spider transition. This is our second one. Yeah, this um, is the
0: second Spider-Man transition. And fade across, and then we get to the best suit-up scene ever made.
3: Yeah. The vulture is getting dressed in his outfit, and it's all in green.
0: It's all in green. And, and he puts on the gauntlets, and you hear like a kachk. And then he's obviously wearing just a jacket, and he closes the cloth jacket, and you hear what sounds like pistons firing mm-hmm. to actually like, close it <laughs> Like The sound effects do not match anything that he's doing right now.
3: I will and say he, though that the sound design overall, I think in the episode, was maybe the strongest overall element
0: of the cartoon. Of the the cartoon, sound design yeah. was pretty good. I can see that. I mean, a lot of it doesn't really match up, but but that's true. Yeah, uh, but it, but it was good. It was cool sounds. Like they actually did create some some pretty interesting sound effects along with it. So, but suddenly the vultures all suited up. He's in green, and then we transition back to. Uh, Peter Parker going over to Harry Osborn's place um, and hanging out. And while they're hanging out, uh, Peter Parker reveals to Osborn, uh, Hey, I'm poor. Uh, my family ain't got shit. I'm looking forward to making money. And Harry's like, what are you talking about? And Peter Parker says, well, I got this really cool internship for with the scientist guy. I bet it pays a lot of money. Science is where it's at. Look at all this cool shit that you and your dad have because your dad's a scientist, right? Yeah,
3: and, Norman, and is, Norman hears them and calls them out
0: onto the balcony. Yeah, and and Osborne's basically like, "Hey, I heard you talking about me being a scientist. That's great. You're a smart kid. Glad you got on the program, Harry. You're a piece of shit. Let's not yeah, he likes anything.
3: Shames his son.
0: And in the meantime, the only thing I'm thinking while watching this is. Osborn, you need to come clean and not and tell this kid you're not a scientist, you're a fucking capitalist.
3: Mm. But we, we also learn again in this scene that Norman Osborne never, never apologizes. apologizes.
0: <clears throat> and he 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 passes that wisdom on to Peter Parker, tells Peter Parker never never apologize. apologize. And that's when we get the vulture showing up and kidnapping uh Osborne. And he's red now.
3: Yeah. He's red. Yeah. And he has some sort of weird like sideburn helmet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I was having a hard really time a telling just, if like, it was like facial hair. Yeah, I was having a hard time telling if it was like a haircut or like painted on, or if it was a helmet. But it probably was supposed to be a helmet.
2: Well, it really so mimicked hair. If I can go back for a second, sure. sure, um, sure, sure. Oh, was Norman Osborn? The the way I understood, and, and maybe I'd have to go back and read the Spider Man like origin comics or whatever. Norman Osborn was a scientist, at least in the comics who got incredibly wealthy doing science things, not venture capitalist. Like it seems in in the show, right? Well, he does a
3: real like over the course of Norman's existence in the comic, he does a real heel turn. And I think at first he's like a reputable businessman with marketing his own inventions and then slowly starts stealing ideas and goes crazy and becomes the green goblin eventually.
0: He basically gotcha. turns into uh, Thomas Edison. So,
3: He's uh, Jeff Bezos. I wish I could be turning to Thomas Edison. <laughs> I am slowly so, going deaf.
0: Hey, that, that works. Do you have an overwhelming urge to electrocute elephants?
2: Using mm. direct current
0: and not alternating current.
2: Yes. Only no, no. with direct current. Oh, now. wait, no. no the no, other, no, way other way
0: around. The other way around, Using alternating, alternating current,
3: current yeah. and not direct current. Oh, Jesus. I wish I knew the difference so I could electrocute <laughs> some elephants.
0: <laughs> Test select alternating current. Edison liked direct current it's ACDC um, mm. so so the vulture shows up and picks up Osborne by the, shoot, the suit jacket using forks that are sticking out of his shoes mm-hmm. um, I like this this was one of the lazy animation points to me is he just has like he doesn't even have like claws or talons they're literally just spikes that come out of his boots. But then they show them, like, articulating to pick things up, even though there's no, like, opposable joint. Like, there's no opposable thumb or anything that is attached to it to, like, create an actual grasping uh, system.
3: I think this kind of ties into, overall, there's little to no collateral damage in any of the fights or anything that Spider-Man's doing. Only, like, one thing ever gets broken. The the gargoyle. Yeah, yeah. But he really, like... Hudson. You mean Hudson. Oh, Vulture has snatched Norman, and uh, he wants makes to. Demands. Both... Yeah, he makes demands. He wants to blackmail Osborne to to get credit for the technology, and he wants an apology.
0: That's the big thing. He wants an apology. Has to but have the apology. But Norman never apologizes. He refuses, and the never. Vulture tosses Osborne around a little bit. Um, and and this is when we get into my biggest gripe about the laziness of the animation of this cartoon <laughs> is we we suddenly see, well, first off, plot point, uh, Peter Parker takes off his shoes. Very important. For absolutely no reason. because So he
3: can, so can walk on the walls, basically. Well,
0: he, he's fully clothed otherwise, and then he jumps off the building. He doesn't even walk down the building. He jumps off the building in his normal civilian clothes. And then the next time we see him, he's in his costume. Yes. So the shoes being taken off was really just a plot point. I'm pretty sure that's probably yeah, gonna just, come off later,
3: it's know, so he can collect them or, later. You know. But but they could just go to wherever he put his bag. Like he has a shoulder exactly. bag, he could have just put I, his shoes in that.
0: It's gotta be like in the second episode, Harry Osborn's viewing the security footage of the balcony. And he sees Peter take off his shoes and jump off the building, and they crawl back up to grab his shoes. So he, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure there's gonna be like a, a future plot point associated with that, but I. I do not D- care enough to figure it out, so.
3: I think that's giving a lot of credit here.
0: Eh, it could be, it could be. I think so as well. So the laziness of the animation. We see Spider-Man zipping around the city, uh, web-slinging, if you will, to coin a phrase I just came up with. Uh, he's web-swinging around the, the city by slinging out his webs, attaching it to buildings. <laughs> and it his, the motion of his swing like, the actual, like, pendulum motion of his swing does not line up with the speed at which buildings are passing him by. And he's, he's, he's essentially also, flying. He's also, like, like mo- his arm movement is variable, but his speed is maintaining the same. And it's, like, the, the, the trajectory, the, the physics of this, the actual geometry of, of the lines of him shooting out his web, the area behind him moving, and his arm movements... Was so fucking out of whack, so so out of sync with each other that it it, it, it stood out like a sore thumb to me. <laughs> you get mad at the dumb I don't know. Stuff. Wh- I I know I know, but it, <laughs> it was just pissing me off because as I'm watching, I'm like these lazy ass animators. Because he'll just be like swinging with one with one web, talking, 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 and then suddenly he'll be swinging with like four different webs in the same motion, just because he has to do some type of activity and it's like the, what about the who sane, was he's
1: swinging backwards yeah
0: yeah and he's, yeah he's swinging back and then and then like he he, he eventually gets a hold of Norman Osborne and he's passing Norman Osborne between each arm because he's like swinging with one arm and then he passes him over to that arm let's go to the web shoots with the web with the other arm passes him over to that arm shoots him to the web and it's it was like unnecessary movement but at the same time not enough movement
3: yeah it, it felt it felt like they really needed, like, that we're like, we really need to do something with this scene. Like, we need to make this exciting somehow. Um, because the dialogue is terrible. He, he's like, yeah. he's doing his his trademark Spider Man wit, and it is embarrassing. It is horrible. Like, yeah. below dad joke level, like, like stepdad joke level.
0: Like, in, in most Spider Man property, we get there, he's supposed to be the smart alecky kid that's throwing out quips. And, it, and it's supposed to be somewhat endearing. In this entire episode, Spider-Man just comes back as a total entitled douchebag.
3: Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and, I would but also, like, an incredibly needy and insecure one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was not digging it. Anyway, we're about at the halfway point. Um, um, we wind up seeing uh, the Vulture's like, who are you? Norman Osborn's like, who are you? Spider-Man says, I need to get a better, better publicist. He then... Um, he drops takes- Norm. Takes Norman, Norman Osborn and throws him at a black female police officer, because Spider-Man's racist, and mainly because I think she was the one that the, the police officer was saying uh, Spider-Man's a menace, mm-hmm. everybody, all the crooks that he runs up gets thrown back out on the street, because obviously they would, because there's no due process, so...
3: No witnesses.
0: What What's the whole... Yeah, what's 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 the reason for this guy basically just creating havoc in the city? So she gets tossed Norman Osborne, she says, What's going on? Norman says, Get inside. We'll talk about this inside. And that thwarts the vulture. Although there was a great there was a great uh, exchange between Norman Osborne and the Vulture where Norman Osborne says, Adrian, what are you doing? And Adrian says, I am no longer Adrian, I am the Vulture like you called me. And Norman Osborn yells back, "I called you a buzzard, you fucking idiot! You can't even get your name right."
3: That was um, that was an example of the kind of standout wit that you can expect from the spectacular Spiderman.
0: From the spectacular Spiderman.
3: Um. Anyway, uh, so that that ends the the fight scene sequence, chase sequence, and Peter goes on to the lab to to Connor's lab with. Gwen Stacy.
0: Without shoes. He is now yes. back in his regular civilian attire without shoes. And we get introduced to Eddie Brock. Um, and in this version of Spider-Man they're friends. and yeah. The exact conversation that, that they have with Eddie Brock is Eddie, what are you doing here? Eddie he says I'm Connor's uh, teaching assistant. Not bad for a freshman, eh? Or not, not bad for a pre-frosh, eh?
3: I think he says just frosh, but Fros, yeah, I think yeah, it, I think it's frosh. You're right. There's but,
0: a, uh, there's a, and then Man says, Peter Parker says, <laughs> Eddie Brock's a freshman, and Brock says, a college freshman. Why do you miss me in high school? And it's like this entire, di- horribly awkward, stupid dialogue we throw in here just so you know, Eddie Brock's a college student,
3: and he seems to That's be like it. a, he's like a good guy bro for some reason. Who yeah. is Eddie Brock? Venom. He eventually becomes a Venom.
0: He becomes. Oh, Flash. so he,
2: he's he, the dude who becomes the astronaut who goes to space. Nope, no, no. Eddie, yeah.
0: that's that's Flash. Eddie is actually the uh, like low rent Peter Parker because he's constantly chasing after Spider Man, trying to get photos of Spider Man. He's oh. a, another freelance photographer for the Bugle that is like Peter Parker's arch nemesis, and then eventually he gets the Venom suit and becomes Venom. It becomes Spider-Man's yeah. nemesis. Um, so.
2: Okay. I, I figured he was a... Again, I read some of the comics, but I'm definitely not up on them as good as you guys are. Like, I figured he well, was a dude who is important to the story.
0: But... Honestly, I'm not as good on the comics as I have the cartoons, movies. Like, all the... all the like. Other intellectual property associated with Spider-Man, I'm, I'm a little bit more familiar with, but the, the yeah, comics no. I've only read a handful of. Them. No, I, well, they've rewritten it so many I,
3: times; it's a, it's yeah. a hot mash.
2: Yeah, absolutely get it. Like, I just figured this guy was a a major character. Like, the exchange between them was was so much that you're like, hey, this is a guy who's gonna be he's gonna be recurrent
0: through the you know through the series. Yeah. Through the, the but series I do like around. this reimagining of him because essentially he is scientist Guy Pierre. So
3: (laughs) he has, um, I'll give you that. He's wearing a black leather jacket. His lab gear is a black leather jacket, and then one of his pant legs is tucked into his boot, and the other one is loose and untucked. I just,
2: this is important, and we need to notice these (laughs) things. Uh, Matt, I actually picked up on that as well. Um, and I'm doing this no notes, but I feel like if you are a scientist, you need to be like precisely exact on everything you do. And having one of your pant legs tucked into your socks and the other one not, really should like yeah. They should have thrown him out of the lab on that alone.
0: Yeah, it's a a telling sign. Here's
2: here's the control group. Here's the experimental group. And you can't seem to put your pants on correctly.
0: We're not going to make you the in charge scientist. (laughs) Well, we get introduced to have a pants malfunction.
3: (laughs) We get introduced to uh, Doctor Kurt Connors and his wife. First his wife, and then Doctor Kurt Uh, Connors. And he has, like, three lines. We see him inject his his arm. Uh, is
2: Kurt Connors, again, a reoccurring Spider-Man character? He, he becomes is
3: the lizard. Yeah, he becomes the lizard. And he has a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, kind of, where he, like, he's trying to regrow his arm, and he takes these injections, and then it is eventually turned okay. into
2: a lizard creature. Gotcha. So and that's, I, I that's an in-canon, dis- like, essentially depiction.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I don't understand, like, this particular version of Dr. Connors, because he... Has a kick ass robot arm already. Mm-hmm. That seems to be like a perfect prosthesis, prosthesis. So, why is he going through the trouble of trying to learn how to regrow his arm?
1: Well, it seems. I don't think extent. we saw it move. Yeah.
0: No, no, we did. We, we saw him holding something with it. Like, he was holding a syringe, I believe.
3: Uh, yes, but when he goes to shake Peter's hand, Peter holds up his right hand and Connor and shakes with his left.
0: With his left hand, yeah. Yeah. He yes. gives him,
3: like, the back of his palm. To shake.
0: I was assuming that's because his robotic hand was too strong from jacking it all the time. They oh, you're just right! crush Peter's arm, and he didn't want to do that. Right. That makes or, sense. Or, or his um, bionic hand is sterilized for the lab setting, and he didn't want to, you know, filthy it up by touching a pre-frosh.
2: No, I rewound it uh, to look at this entire scene with him. And David is right; he's holding a essentially a vial. Field. Yeah. Is essentially yeah. whatever you want to call it of medicine. He loads that into the injector, and then the rest of the time, his arm is not used. Yes, he yeah. extends his left hand to Peter Parker's right hand. His his right hand, the robotic hand, stays right by his side. So, so who knows? Lazy animation, the, the way they wanted um, to go with this.
0: Whatever. I'm um, I'm sure that it will have like a complete arc throughout the entire series an explanation as to why he f- favors his robotic arm and doesn't actually want to yeah. use it that frequently yeah i'm sure there's something there the important part is um they exchange three words and say okay eddie brock go show them around the lab and he then walks them across several terrariums which are clearly filled with spider webs but then also have lizards in them hmm. right
2: yes because <laughs> i just re-watched that part i was like uh, why is there a lizard in the spider cage?
3: Well, he, con- you know, in the continuity, Car- uh, Connors experimenting on lizards in order to grow his arm.
2: Well,
1: clearly the escaped spider, but bit a couple of lizards as well. <laughs> oh,
3: good idea!
2: Spider lizard, spider, spider li-
0: it's just lizard. It's like
2: a, thing that a does. Maybe this is
3: like a deep metaphor, and those those lizards eat spiders as their oh, food. No. Man.
0: And then they so can eat a spider. The lizards eat the radioactive spiders that make Spider-Man, and then they poop out serum that makes uh, lizards. Yeah, so <laughs> I wait,
2: agree. Wait, wait. We can even go deeper than that. Spider lizard, who's been bitten by a spider, eats a radioactive spider, and then that radioactive spider squares it like you did <laughs> back in algebra, and then he shits out. Radioactive lizard spider Dookie squared, and then if you come in close in contact with that, you can see noises.
0: But but then Just they also it. get hit by gamma rays. and uh, They become yes. angry spider lizard squared sound causes
2: monsters. your dick to fall off. And anyway,
0: we learn uh, that Peter's not going to get paid for the internship. Yep, it is Neither unpaid is it get internship. Laid. What up? Because who the fuck is going to pay a high schooler in an right. internship? Right? Right? Yeah. So. Like, so am I going
2: to make $80,000 a year? No, dude, you're a sophomore. He complains to Gwen, who tells him
3: not to angst. And uh, then uh, she says something will turn up, and then a newspaper smacks him in the face.
0: And in the newspaper it says, actually nothing, it's just a newspaper, right? It doesn't even say looking for photos of Spider-Man. If you have photos of Spider-Man, submit them to the Daily Bugle. It, it is an says,
3: article about
0: Spider-Man. Yeah, but, it just says Spider-Man. Menace, they're like that's it.
3: Right. So, cut to him breaking into
0: the Daily Bugle, and him complaining about the fact that the security guards wouldn't let him use the elevator. So he has to climb up the wall of the Daily Bugle, the exterior of the Daily Bugle, which I'm sure nobody noticed in New York City well, of millions of people. Apparently,
3: and, the Daily Bugle is located in the Flatiron Building
0: because that's are yes, modeling it on. Exactly. So the Flatiron Building. Uh, It importantly has old-timey windows that just sort of go up and down. Like not actual proper skyrise windows that don't open at all, but rather like a house window. Yeah, And just the one that's attached to the janitor's Um. room. Because the rest of the windows are obviously flat uh, pane windows that don't actually open at all. So. Well,
3: if I know if I know anything about the union laws in New York, that, that was probably a requirement that those windows remain old for the janitor's closet, because the janitor's union requires that the janitor <laughs> be able to uh, smoke and urinate out of that window.
0: Oh, okay, okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I was going to anyway, ac- ask you about the rules for New York.
3: <laughs> they <laughs> have, have to get laws. a union guy in to change those windows, and it's really expensive. Their quotes are, like, sky high, and they don't show up. And um...
1: I thought none of the other windows open because they are part of the background cell. <laughs>
0: there's that too well yeah there's that yeah so we pull up into the uh, daily bugle uh where basically we get introduced to uh uh hold on joan james jameson,
3: joan jo-
2: james jameson.
0: J jonah jameson J jonah jameson yes i know quite 20 possibly
2: 20 the most abusive
0: boss yeah. in the
2: history of Yeah, and And, and any media. We basically
0: just get shown this to see that he's a piece of shit. That's really just all it is. Uh,
3: And the voice actor Mm -hmm. here is really, he's he's J.K. simmons in it up.
0: Well, and at this point in time, uh, getting back again to the lazy animation, I'm pretty sure his eyes change colors. Like, at some point in time, one of his eyes is green, and then one of his eyes is brown, and then they turn green, and then they turn, like, a browner shade of green. And,
3: well, the in the comics, uh, J.K. Simmons yeah. lost his eye in the Korean War, and that became – he has a glass eye, and that became part of the mythos of J. Joma Jameson. So um, J. Joma Jameson's glass eye um, was uh, lost in, during during the Korean War in a knife fight.
0: But that's all because oh, no J.K. Simmons actually lost his
3: eye. Yeah, it's it's this in weird Little inception. China. Yeah, yeah. J.K. Simmons uh, lost his eye in a movie about the Korean War.
0: Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was called like Apocalypse Then. It's like the <laughs> sequel to Apocalypse Now. So yeah. so hold on, like
2: bullshit aside, the actor who played <laughs> no. J Jonah whatever. Oh no, Matt was just uh, full of shit that entire time. Yes, that was a oh, lie. Um,
3: yeah. I'm pretty sure
0: uh, J.K. Simmons has two. <laughs> has two eyes. eyes. Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. Not to say, say any, that, a, not that there's an anything wrong fact. with not having two eyes, and not that having no. one glass eye and one eye isn't normal, Matt. <laughs> no, I mean You're that, being that very just, ableist right now, and
2: that was that was an incredible, essentially an incredible side story that I had no reason not to believe. Right, <laughs> like, hey, this actor who is an older gentleman playing, you know, whatever the guy's character name is in the early 2000s of the Tobey Maguire movies. Hey, maybe he was in the, you know, in not necessarily Korea because he would have been old, but Vietnam, like, <laughs> losing an eye. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, maybe he did lose an eye. Oh, yeah. I mean that goes, if, nah, dude. <laughs> what would have been more I'm realistic lying. is if we
0: say it, is if we said that he lost his eye during the recording of his voiceover work for Portal, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, Portal two. <laughs> um, Man, that was that was it, good, it, Matt. It tragic, was really good. You had me. Uh, well, you had it, me. There I mean, in the first half in a tragic Gladys accident.
3: It it was based on a little bit of truth. He doesn't have a glass eye, but one of his balls is porcelain. <laughs>
0: And that mm-hmm. actually was from the Portal 2 recording because Could, yeah, he, you was, imagine. he was having such a hard time with that recording because there was like a pseudo-rape scene between him and his oh, uh, his uh, secretary GLaDOS that then got turned into GLaDOS that then got turned into GLaDOS and he was having a hard time recording that so while he was recording he was just bashing his right testicle with the sole of a shoe in order to get in the character. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. He,
3: he was punching himself in the balls with his fist
0: wrapped around barbed wire. Well, how else do you punch yourself in the
2: I'm never back? believing you guys ever again <laughs> <laughs> on anything. Anyway. Whatsoever. Uh,
0: uh, uh, Jay Jonas, this Jamison, one time, time. What, what did we get you on the last episode with? There was something we were talking about the last episode.
2: I don't know.
0: Oh, it was this... the uh, the the American uh, animators redrawing all the Japanese eyebrows on. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Star Blazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, so J. Jordan uh, Jameson this is so fun. steals Peter Parker's idea to, to have photos of Spider-Man and kicks Peter Parker out of the office.
0: Yeah, he gets kicked out by the security guards, and then we, we cut back to the Osborne penthouse where Spider-Man is showing up to grab Peter Parker's shoes. Right. And it's at this point in time that we see Norman Osborne getting out of his limousine to go home. Uh, his security guards... Step out first to check around to see if there's anybody there. Another say, nothing
3: person, like a person with no name and no
0: identity. Yep, no eyes even. And the uh, security guard says it's all clear. And as soon as Osborne steps out of his uh, his limousine, we hear the vulture off in the distance screaming Osborne because he's going to come and get Osborne.
3: And this starts our like final fight sequence, which stretches over basically the last last third of the show. In which our, our three main antagonists come into conflict.
0: Yes, because we have the Enforcers, we have Spider-Man, and we have the Vulture. Okay. And it's all like one high-speed chase of the Vulture chasing Osborn, Spider-Man chasing the Vulture, the Enforcers chasing Spider-Man.
3: In a helicopter.
0: In a helicopter, that's right, the Enforcers are in a helicopter. A very high-tech, super sleek stealth helicopter, obviously, because nobody hears it. Yes. So they're, so they're basically an Airwolf.
3: And it has a lot of like green laser themed weapons. It has it has missiles that shoot that become green laser nets. It has a uh, regular green laser on it that they uh, that they don't shoot Spider-Man with. They uh, use it to corral him.
0: Yes. And yep. uh, um there's a scene here where Vulture's flying low over a rooftop. Spider-Man has his web attached to one of the Vulture's legs. Basically, just sort of like tagging along for the ride. But then Spider-Man starts running across the rooftop. And Mm -hmm. we've already shown at this point in time that Spider-Man is sticky. And we all know from the comic books that he is super strong. And I don't understand why he didn't just stick to the rooftop to stop the Vulture's flight and they just reel the vulture down and slam him into the rooftop. I'm sure it's for plot purposes.
3: Like any superhero, Spider-Man's strength waxes and wanes per the situation that
0: he's in. Yes, because we do see him fight somebody that seems like he's just supposed to be a big dude and is losing in the strength department. Um, However, I'm pretty sure that the whole rooftop scene was played just so we could have the almost ball shot. Of Peter Parker running across the roof, and then suddenly there is a uh, lightning rod sticking out of the roof, or a weather vane sticking out of the roof near him. This is in New York City, by the way, Mm -hmm. in the middle of the city. There's some type of weather vane, lightning rod sticking up out of the roof, and he's running along, and it's going to hit him in the nuts, but he has to jump up to get out of the way. And him going, whew. So it was all just for that, like, one joke. And I say that in quotation marks because it wasn't really funny. It was just really sort of like, almost like the writers were like, "Oh, you know what's funny when people get hit in the crotch,
3: mm-hmm. or almost hit in the crotch."
0: But you know what? He, he's our hero, so we can't have him get hit in the crotch. So maybe he almost gets hit in the crotch, and then he's like relieved that he didn't get hit in the crotch.
3: And he looks at the camera, and he and he pulls his hand across his forehead, and a bead of sweat pops off, and he goes, "Whoo!" Exactly.
1: Yeah, uh, Anyway, I, I bet that note session went exactly
0: like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, cause he because you know, Benny, you know you know when I feel the most relief? When I don't get hit in the crotch. So, so we gotta not hit Spider Man in the crotch.
3: So basically Vulture is on he's on the back of the limo tearing it open, trying to get at Osborne and Park Peter <laughs> as Spider Man is what? is going to save him, but he gets interrupted by the enforcers. By the
0: enforcers. But but the, the vulture it's it is one of the funniest things where the vulture's like cut he's He's using his wings and his talents to cut through the the steel of this car yeah. to get into the inside of it. And while he's doing that, he's just screaming out apologize
3: <laughs> Yeah, I want an apology. <laughs> um it seems like this would be a simple problem to solve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, at any rate, they have a big fight on this on this roof between Peter and fancy Dan and Hawks. Um it goes on for a pretty long time. And uh, it seems kind of like that Fancy Dan is really kicking the shit out of Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. Peter Parker's uh, getting his ass kicked right now. Yeah. And um, we, we get that uh, uh, Hawks is actually strong enough to rip through the Spider-Man webbing. Mm-hmm. And, and Fancy Dan is agile enough that any time he gets like knocked around or thrown around, he recovers immediately and is able to deliver a kick on of Spider-Man.
3: Mean, meanwhile, Montana remains in the helicopter shooting the laser so that Spider-Man can't escape um, but after a I, I, I don't know is it exciting a pretty boring
0: fight it's a pretty boring fight and it, and it's in it seems like it's it's really pointless because at the very beginning of the fight before the even started fighting they were able to stop spider-man and get him off of the, the vulture by hitting him with a like a, a, a net missile yeah. And Spider-Man even says, ooh, my spider sense- senses are tingling because they need to remind us that that's a thing. But he still doesn't dodge. It's like not enough to actually show or give him enough time to actually get out of harm's way. So he gets roped up. So they obviously are able to get the jump on Spider-Man. They have spear attack. They really should just kill him outright. Yes. But it becomes pretty obvious that they're just sort of like testing him. They're trying to see what his abilities are.
3: Well, Ma- but Montana. Then,
0: yeah, but then during the fight, Montana says, you're making us look bad. So it's like they're not trying, but they still want to beat him.
3: But and, well, he also says, when he's like corralling him, he says, you know, the that the boys need a workout. So that Hawks and Fancy Dan, like, he's like, he has them on a weight loss program of fighting Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> exactly.
3: Montana seems like uh, Montana, a real controlling douchebag.
0: Yeah, he, he really is just the... Uh, uh, Jillian Michaels of the group, uh, right? Trying to get everybody to like lose the most weight as possible. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah. After after this like quick little exchange, uh, Spider Man eventually gets uh, Hawks taken out by tying him to a uh, tying his hands to a uh, flagpole that's sticking out the side of a building. Yeah. Which, and he, which and I didn't I, even realize they still had those in New York.
3: I think that they do somewhere. They do. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes like, yeah, they put even put District
2: and, and whatnot. I thought,
0: yeah. I thought they just like hung a laundry off them.
3: Yeah, no, no one does that anymore. People have dryers now.
0: And then Fancy Dan, he just he just wrapped Fancy Dan up in some web and threw him at uh, Hawks. Yeah, that seemed in to incapacitate him. And then um, and then he. Uh, Spider-Man takes off and it, it continues to get chased by Montana in the helicopter. And he catches up with um, the Osborne
3: and, uh, yeah, Osborne and the
0: Vulture. And um, Osborne yells at his driver to fly Oh, first Spider-Man jumps onto the Vulture and rides him like a surfboard. And Osborne yells to his driver, drive into the parking garage to get cover mm-hmm. away from the Vulture. And at this point in time, we can see that the vulture could clearly just fly into the parking garage, whack Spider-Man off of his back, and still be able to chase down and murder Osborn. Yeah, but
3: instead it. he's like, ah, my only weakness, going inside. Ah! Exactly.
0: And then he yells at Spider-Man that he's ruined everything, so he then turns his attention back to Spider-Man to kill him. Spider-Man sees the Enforcer helicopter and is like, alright, two birds with one stone. Yeah. Yeah. He jumps onto the the helicopter, hides underneath it. The vulture flies up, sees him there. He then jumps on the vulture and forces the vulture's wing into the rotor of the helicopter. And I am yes. going to kick it to you, Derek, to tell us what happens when you take out the rotor of a helicopter.
2: Um, so if you take out a single, like on the back end, yeah, 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 just, just not not the actual like the rotor is is what's on top, and then uh. the uh. On the back end is it's not called the rotor; it's called something else. But it's essentially, what that does—it's called yeah—that little that rotor essentially keeps it, little rotor. Yeah, Root, sure. Little rotor. rotor. I don't fly those death traps, anyways. <laughs> um, so that <laughs> so that that small propeller keeps essentially the torque from yanking you left and right constantly. With In the grand scheme of things, it's going to yank you right, and it's going to build and build and build and build and build until you slam into the ground so if you if you get rid of one of those blades on one of the tail rotor like assemblies you're you're fucked like you're gonna start augering into the ground as fast as essentially the main rotor the one that's overhead that transmission assembly is gonna start to swing the body of your aircraft around and around and around and around and so yeah so going in there and going and then they crash land yeah no, no they, well, he, not, not even no. crash
0: land it looks like they just safely land on
3: the roof he, yeah Montana somehow managed right? to just land just
0: on a, a roof. roof a convenient roof yeah and we find out from the the vulture that without his wings he can't steer but he's still flying and Peter Parker Spider-Man if you will he says um, uh, this is pretty impressive tech you're still flying even though your wings are damaged What's up with your hump? And then he he takes his knife hand, like his hand pointed straight out, does a knife hand strike and in, strike into the back of the vulture, clearly plunges his hand deep into the flesh of the vulture through yeah. whatever mechanism he has on his back, but then just pulls out a piece of the mechanism. And um, right? the vulture then says, You fool, you've doomed us both. And Spider-Man says... Uh, you haven't been paying attention. I think is his exact. Oh, party. no,
3: he says you but, so uh, haven't been paying
0: attention. Yeah, and I oh, yeah, hate myself very for saying that. High <laughs> <laughs> and he then straddles the vulture and essentially like starts, scissors, like, yeah, scissors him, starts like bucking around with them, swinging around. He's obviously getting off on on the vulture at this point in time. Um, and then we cut to another scene that I don't know because I haven't been paying attention.
3: Well, he, um, he, uh, he, a um, all the bad guys get. Uh, we get a shot of each of the bad guys trapped in webbing, except for Montana, and he uh, Spider-Man checks the interior of the helicopter, and Montana has escaped. Yeah,
0: the interior of the pristine helicopter that is right perfectly fine. The only thing we see is like a little bit of steam coming off of the back rotor. Um, this is one instance, me, The tail rotor.
3: This is one instance when there was good sound design because you could really hear the webbing stretch. It. Went, as he kind of nice. lowered himself into the window.
0: Nice, nice. I did um, not catch that.
3: And then he uh, then he goes home, back to Forest Hills.
0: Yeah. And he says, three out of four bad guys isn't bad. And three out of four bad guys, I'm not too sure why he thinks this isn't bad, because two of the bad guys are actually, like, on rooftops, where cops would not think to go look for them or do anything to apprehend them. Obviously, they're just going to be cut loose by Montana when he comes back around after the fact. Hmm. They the could starve to death. They could yeah, starve to death. That's true. That's true. I, I,
3: they're probably freed by the same janitor's union. I, I mean, that's why <laughs> that's they <probably> could, true. <laughs> thats why they could command these sky-hide rates, and, and they have so much
0: clout right? in the city. Exactly. They're actually part of the Enforcer squad. They just clean up after everybody. Right. Um, so we then wind up cutting to uh, Peter Parker going home. He sees that Anbe is up and is obviously worried about him. He's carrying his shoes, so he didn't manage to get his shoes back, at the very least.
2: And Which is on, funny, because he was missing them the entire episode. The entire episode. Like, and, there's, so he, and he had gone from Spidey suit to regular clothes, back to Spidey suit. So Yep.
0: And, and obviously, once he finished like wrapping up the bad guys in webbing, he oh, had to boy. then double back to Osborn Tower, where I'm sure there would not be any type of security on alert for a flying man trying to kidnap their boss... And he was just able to sneak into onto the balcony again and grab his shoes yeah, and, and walk off of them. But he comes home.
3: Aunt May Aunt, lays down the law.
0: Yep. She says, you live underneath my roof, you got to be home at 10 yes. every night. None of this midnight shit. If you're going to be late past 10, then you have to call me. And when Fuck you call me, you better it. be telling me you're on your way home, you son of a bitch. Yes. And, and then Peter, Peter Parker yeah he has this like weird s and m fantasy like, like going on in his head he's like oh on me you know for for a lifestyle like this I'd do anything. So he's like obviously got these like weird incestuous feelings towards on and he talks about like I how just think
3: he, he loves being parented.
0: Where, there, where is there anything better is like he goes back to the line that he said in the very beginning of the episode mm-hmm. is there anything better? It's uh, such a it's like, such a no.
1: saccharine sweet ending. Uh, so
0: it it, I I put floral. in my notes
3: how cute.
0: Well, that's yeah. the reason why I think he's just a pervert. He I,
3: he's such a he's such a nothing rendition of the character though. Like I don't I he he has no hidden hidden, de- hidden desires at all.
0: Well, he has, he has no he has no character. There's nothing to him. It's not It's it's very bizarre. But the episode ends with the Spidey signal being strewn across the, sun, the sky. As we look at the silhouette of all the houses in his neighborhood, we see the sky turn red and it covered in webbing, and his two eyes appear. So, obviously, some sort of weird demonic force that's taking over the Spider-Man persona <laughs> is going to show up in the next episode to actually inject some sort of plot or something into the show.
3: Do you think it's Dormammu?
0: Yeah, Dormammu. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, Dormammu Dramammu. right away. Yeah, so. yeah. I think I think that's a good call. It's immediately going to jump into the Madame Web uh, part of Spider Man, which we yeah. all know is the best part of Spider Man because that's where we get Deadpool. So,
3: um, so overall, really boring. boring.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I I watched it like four times, and I just I was dreading every single time I was watching it just because it's so boring.
3: I wouldn't even say that it's so bad. lazily
0: animated. I'd would say it's a waste of my time. I think is really yeah. What I'm I would agree with to. that. Like I, I got nothing out of it. Like even even if it was really bad, because we've watched really bad cartoons so far in the show, and we've gotten entertainment out of it because they're so oh, yeah. fucking bad. Well, this was it, just it, sort of like this is so milquetoast. There wasn't anything to it.
3: Yeah, this isn't good bad. It's just bad bad. Like uh, there's it's not so bad that it becomes fun, uh, and it's not good enough to be very enjoyable. Um, I think maybe if this was my, my first introduction to the character, it would have been more interesting. But the, this but version of...
0: It's obviously written so it isn't your first introduction. Like, they, they assume that you already know all the the, the, the talking points about Spider-Man.
3: And there's it's... a ton of fan service. Like, yeah. they, they've set up how many villains already,
0: Three, that we four, already? five. I think they've set up five villains. No, six, because I, I keep forgetting about Harry Osborn. So... He's got Harry Osborn, Norman Osborn, Flash, uh, Eddie Brock, uh, Dr. Connors, the Vulture, obviously. That's Uh, five. And um,
3: not not Kingpin.
0: Oh, the not Kingpin. Keith David.
3: (laughs)
2: Keith
0: David.
3: We're cheating a little bit because obviously we know the the character real well. Yeah, but I feel like I know how all of this is going to play out. And it's to be. It's, boring.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty much a straightforward. This is the reason why I was so confused by the Wikipedia page where it talks about how it got somebody accolades for a, a a faithful rendition of a character and it's like it might be faithful but it's also nothing. Like there's nothing there. It's, it really doesn't really matter at all.
3: Yeah, and none of the characters are likable or interesting.
0: And and I'm actually going through and looking at the credits right now just to make sure it is in fact Keith David. And yes, is, of course it is. And his credit is oh, yeah. the big man. Yeah. Flint Marco, isn't that the Sandman? So we got to eat.
3: Oh, you're right. Wow, this is just packed with um, I mean, boring they loaded fan it service. Up front. Yeah, it is.
0: Really nice. Awesome. Yeah.
2: But hold on. Before we get into animation style and whatever, like I'd just like to echo what... Um, with at what Adam and Matt said, and that this is one of the first cartoons that we've watched on this podcast. That at the end of the cartoon, I went, <laughs> I don't really have any feelings, you know. Like there's been some that I've watched that I've been like, wow, that shit, yeah. And then other ones that I've watched, I'm like, oh man, I'd i really, wow, why why didn't I watch more of that? Why did why wasn't yeah. I a fan of that as yeah, a kid? Yeah. This one, I just went. This is kind of
0: yeah. Well, uh. in all fairness, this is from two thousand and eight, so it wasn't really it wasn't really designed for us as kids.
3: I, I'm gonna disagree with Adam because I think the animation is actually pretty good. Like the characters are always really well drawn. Yes, they're, they're moving them in three dimensions very adeptly it, it's
0: definitely high definition animation. It's definitely like very clear cut what they're supposed to be doing. It's just it's just the style for it I just don't like. But you but you are right. It's well animated.
1: It's a lot more polished than the nineties Spider Man. No, yes. very much oh God, so yeah. very much. But it's got so. sort of the the Batman style of art where yes. people are just
2: drawn very strangely and in an uncomfortable way. I don't think they're drawn very strangely. I think they're drawn very simply, like that's, like I at the very beginning, Matt said, "Hey, I can't get over the fact that their pupils." That was Adam. Essentially, uh, that was Adam. Okay, sorry. Like the eye is a circle, and then a smaller circle in it. There's nothing other than the iris, like boom, brown, green, blue, whatever. Um, And I think that actually goes to what David just said is that kind of mirrors the whole like the futuristic Batman and Robin I remember as a kid on Fox Network. And I think that's just animation style. You mean Batman Beyond? Is, is that what it was? That's not what, I was the one where...
1: that's not what I was talking about though. I was talking You're... about a 2000 series called The Batman.
3: Yeah, it's much more that style than it is uh, Batman Beyond. And I think that both of these series,
1: this is speculation, but they came out after The Incredibles. And The Incredibles Mm. did very uh, non-realistic 3D renderings of superheroes. But they did it in sort of a character style for each character.
3: And... I could see that even just in the proportions of the characters. Like the, the people who are big in this show, they are enormous oversized, swollen chests. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Like Mr. So, so incredible. Yeah.
1: So I think they may be trying to emulate that, but they're not quite getting
3: it right. Yeah, I can see
0: that.
3: Yeah. I mean I, I that's a good call out, David, because I, I now that you've said that, it definitely feels like that's an influence. Um I also think that, like, when you have this really simple character design, um, it's actually really hard to pull off. Uh, that's why you know the original Batman the animated series is so um, is so stunning because the character designs are very very simple and they do it really elegantly. And this just doesn't it the style of it doesn't have the elegance to go with the kinds of drawings they seem to want to do.
1: I mean, when people were wearing costumes, it seemed to work. But it was like when they presented actual human faces were supposed to be human faces that did not work. Yeah, it, they also
3: like they like to exaggerate stuff a lot. So like um, and that kind of like cartoon squash and stretch doesn't work that well with a very simple style. It needs to like, it. It demands a more restrained approach, I think. Also, the writing—it's just so. (laughs) The writing was such a disappointment.
0: Well, like you were saying, it—it was—it was was like a fan service. I'm actually—I pulled up. I'm looking at the credits right now, and uh, they—it looks like they actually were trying to fit every single Spider-Man villain in here because Otto Octavius was actually a character in this episode.
3: Oh, was that the the Nothing Scientist that That um, Vulture's yelling at?
0: Yep, that was the Nothing Scientist. And then uh, Rand Robertson is in here, and uh, apparently he uh, he was Spider-Man's one black friend in all the comic books. They went to school together, apparently.
3: Never, um, don't remember him at all.
0: I don't think that he actually had like an alter identity, it's just that he, they brought him in. What I was reading here is they, they, they brought him in, in a comic, and he's one of the Daily Bugle's uh, chief, not the chief editor, but one oh. of the editor's sons. And then Peter Parker and him are just friends. They become roommates and spend all their time together. Apparently, okay. I,
3: I definitely think that one of the things that this suffers from is um, like continuity fatigue. Because I feel like every time they do this with Spider-Man, there's a real like, "Well, let's weave everything together. We've got to make all right. the, all the continuity for all the villains into this one um, magnificent epic narrative." where everything is seated in from the beginning and, and there's no loose ends to tie up or anything. Um, and so they're focusing on this big overarching plan and the episodes maybe just become boring or like they don't know what to do in the in-betweens because they're they're kind of stuck in this, um, this big scope that they can't break
2: out of. This yeah. big tangled web that they created with the script? <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, boy. I think the one thing that actually drove me away from this was that the line at the very beginning where he's like, "It's the last week in the summer, and I'm looking for some action"? And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, that, that, man, like, like, that a is a fucking stretch, dude." Yeah.
0: It, he kind of sounded like a like frat I get, bro looking to get right, laid or like something.
2: I get yeah. what you're saying, but I also get like, ah, oh, it was so bad. Yeah.
3: There's it was so bad. There's definitely so this comes up a lot where uh, comics. Uh, th- for a long time, they felt like to be more mainstream, they really had to appeal more to a mass audience. Like an audience of like, uh, bo- mostly boys who were not nerds, like who were into sports and were maybe a little more well-adjusted and weren't as interested in the esoteric continuity of Dr. Connor or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Spider-Man is one of those characters that they kind of routinely try to do that to, to make it a little more palatable for... A mass bro audience, I guess,
2: and that's fine. But you don't have to lead off with "I'm looking for some." I'm
0: action. a douchey <laughs> douchebag, a how a douche.
2: Yeah, they
3: didn't do a good job. <laughs> no, like yeah. because uh, no, those people, those people, you know, pe- people who are a little more mainstream in their tastes and interests, they don't think of themselves as jerks. It's like, you know, that's not their vision of themselves.
0: So I have a quick question to completely break us from this thread. Um, David is, since we have redone the formatting of the show, mm-hmm. is this not going to be our first episode? Because so far, this is the weakest thing we've recorded. <laughs> to be perfectly frank with you. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs>
1: I mean, uh, I'd I still like to put the first two episodes on as sort of like experimental episodes. Okay. Uh don't It's going to be the first one without a disclaimer at the beginning.
2: <laughs> so, um, I liked how this one went, though. Like,
0: no, no, no. I like
2: no. the I, single episode. I think this is a better like,
0: format. I do think that, 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 yeah. uh, David, you did a good job with reformatting it and getting us a little bit more on track and focused. Um, I mean, uh, this, just, this is just such a bad <laughs> episode. <laughs>
3: Speaking of that, what's next on yeah. our punch sheet? Uh, I think we should take a break.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Okay.
2: <sighs> this Spider-Man episode was... It was tough. Should
0: we should we vote on it now? Uh, Derek, Derek, I just wanted to correct you. It's not uh, Spider Man. It's spectacular Spider Man. I'm <laughs> <No>, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like
2: it. I'm sorry. No, but I'm really sorry. I don't, I don't think you're alone there. <laughs> like it was just really bad. Like it oh my god. Now the question
3: here, is there enough meat on these phones that we think we could squeeze more episodes out of this shit show? Or is it really like barren?
0: I, oh, I feel dude, like it is bad. very barren, and I'm also saying that because we have seven other Spider-Man cartoons. Yes, to take a look at and dissect. Yes, we we have. I would we're a plenitude. We have a multitude of riches. There is a <laughs> murder of Spider-Man. What's a what's a compendium of Spider-Man? A web, a web of Spider-Man. So this is we have a web of Spider-Man. So I am very happily ready to excise exercise exercise excise this is this one yeet banal yeah uh mediocre milk toast white bread spider yeah
3: i also vote i'm voting spider-man off the island
1: same it's unanimous
3: though. So, sp- <laughs> okay <laughs> excellent thank you David. It was so bad <laughs>
2: It's so bad.
3: I think that in the future we might want to oh, here's what our Patreon should be. Or or you can um eventually we'd like it if people would just pay us to bring shows back from the graveyard. <laughs> to force us to re to, to force us to kill them again. It's
2: torture. Uh huh. Oh okay. god. Yeah. No.
0: So they get to go in and, and well, I mean I think so far we've really only gotten rid of Star Blazers and Spider Man. And we really liked Star Blazers and we... Yeah we almost sort of nothing Spider-Man. Like, we hated it so much that we just sort of nothing no. it. I have written down so. in
1: my notes, I inexplicably hate
0: this. Right. <laughs> it so, it's, it's kind of true. So bad. There, there's no, like, specific reason. It's just... No, I mean, the animation is, is much
1: better than the 90s. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, the, it, no, the, the, no, it really the, is. It the yeah. quality. It's a really better draw. It, it should work, and it yeah. doesn't at all. Yeah,
0: yeah. No.
3: Um... What was I gonna say? Should we talk about what happens to the cartoons when we vote them off? Like do they go to, to do they go to the cartoon afterlife or do they just go to hell or, or like
0: I'm a, pretty sure that what we're doing right now is we're putting them in a bucket and uh, Mike is one of the reasons why Mike doesn't show up too frequently is he's actually working on the time machine so we can go back in time and erase those cartoons from history.
2: Thus uh, creating a more
0: perfect a uh, line of succession of the good cartoons or the worthwhile cartoons, so we eventually get to the pinnacle of the best cartoon ever.
3: Right. We butterfly which... affect them out of existence.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Right. And we already know what the most perfect cartoon is, so
3: Yeah. Pirates of Darkwater. <laughs> no, Wizards. <Awesome. laughs> Wizards is not a good cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that cartoon, but what it is not a good cartoon. We should do a Wizard special at some point.
0: No, I, I think that is one of those like Patreon ones. Anytime we're doing like the movies, I think we have to, to do that as like special episodes.
3: Yeah, yeah. Our hordes of fans demand it. Yeah.
2: Exactly. I,
0: um, so it's really just Dan saying, Hey, what do you guys think about the Transformers movie?
3: Yeah, yeah. Hey, could you do the Transformers movie? Because, uh... I've only watched it a million times. All right, David, what is next on our punch list?
0: We did Vibes and Concerns, right? Yes. I think
3: we've sort of absorbed
0: that. Do we want want to say, do we want to ask the question of, Matt, would you let uh, your child watch this?
3: I probably would let Audrey watch this. Um, (laughs) It would probably make her shut up for 15 minutes, and that would be fine. (laughs)
1: Not and, even and the, no... not even the full runtime of the show. <laughs> not <laughs> even the
3: twenty three minutes of the show, yeah. No no no, I don't think it has no, the five minutes. I don't think it has the
0: staying power to do the full twenty two minutes. So it is fifteen minutes, and the show is so nothing that it's not a bad influence, it's not a good influence, it's just gonna just gonna oh, be
2: destruction.
3: I guess so, yeah. Maybe right. maybe I should be harder on this because so far I've just been like, yeah, she could watch this, whatever. But maybe I should be harsher—not harsher, but you know—I should have a more um, well-developed sense of what's good and bad for my darling child, who I want to protect. Um, eh. I'm going to say I'm going to say this is still okay. I should reserve yep. my ire for like stuff that's very mean to to women and yeah, shows like, yeah, yeah,
0: yep. yeah. I agree. Derek, would you let like oh, your future God. child to watch the show? Would you sit down with your future child and bond over the horribleness that is spectacular Spider Man? So I'm I'm
2: actually just gonna defer to Matt on this one and say, yeah, I would like small child like it's Spider Man, you know? But uh dude, this episode was it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was real bad.
1: And I'm going to ask the question. Was there any characters that really stood out to you? And then splice in the talk from earlier about the boyfriend of the cheerleader.
3: Yeah, what was that guy's <laughs> name? Let's find out Rand. his name and then.
0: Right? Rand.
3: Rand. His name was Rand? It was Rand. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I just gotta check here.
0: Voiced by Phil Lamar. Whoa. Some so more like high pedigree voice actors there. Yeah, there's for a like, lot for like a random nothing character. So. He had
1: two lines. It was a waste of Phil Lamar.
0: Yep. Rand oh, yeah. Robertson.
3: Um, that guy I don't think is part of any part of the continuity of Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, he he was Spider-Man's one black friend. Oh, okay. That's that's, that's like really all oh, okay. it is. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, he seemed he's he seemed like an actual interesting character.
0: He did. Uh, I I would have loved if the focus of the show shifted to Rand and we just saw his everyday high school life, where he like. He stopped Flash from bullying some kids because it was yeah. senseless. He tried to be the moral compass for, like, his group of friends and point them in the right direction. And then, like, him going home and, like, helping taking care of his infirm mother while he does all of his studying and schoolwork no, in entirely fast, I, I, I fashion, see so he can then go train.
3: I don't see him that way. I see him, like, in a kind of, like, hyper-enlightened Zen state where uh he has detachment from the kind of day-to-day Ooh. trivial concerns because he, he's able to see he's very able to see that peter parker
0: is inferior to him
3: in every way <laughs> and so he is he has he's not it's very rational and and, and almost zen so, in his detachment
0: so he's almost like a buddhist monk in the sense that he has no desires because he understands that he is the source of many desires
3: i, I like that i think that's a good take that, like, it, it's almost the opposite of the death of Ego, because he has, like, so much you know, Ego integrity, it, it, it helps him transcend. He knows how worthful he is, that he, it lets him um, treat others kindly.
0: So he, he's basically tapped into pure Ego in order to essentially astral project, and he is now taking on his surroundings in an omniscient fashion while still being present in the moment.
3: Yeah, he's learned how to asshole project.
0: He just pops out of flashes derriere.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh it's I think it's good that we all picked this one guy. Um I'm gonna say also that um although I hated him, I also enjoyed uh Norman Osborne. Uh just because of his his dedication to not apologizing, that every time anyone spoke to him he needed to make it very clear that he didn't do that. <laughs>
0: Which, which actually shows that he's over rationalizing. He's overcompensating for something. So, probably in his downtime, he goes and sees like a dominatrix mm. and he's just constantly apologizing yes. to her yeah. for like all the horrible things that he's done in his lifetime to get it all out of his system so then he can walk around every day and be like, I don't apologize. I don't apologize.
3: Right. Well, I, I I think that would be interesting also just like following him through his day-to-day where he's like talking to his secretary and he's like uh can you cancel my my one o'clock I need to I need to, uh, I, I need to do, do a stakeholder meeting I'm not apologizing for that At, like just the whole day <laughs> very like low-key
0: uh actually write in that memorandum that I'm not apologizing even though there's nothing to it to anyway, that I might be just right. make sure that it's clear because I want to make sure the language is clear for our entire stakeholder.
3: Oh, yeah. Or he's like, uh, oh, I made a mistake. I won't apologize for it, but just put it on the standard no-apology letterhead that we have. Uh, All right, David.
0: What's next?
1: I think next may be our one-universe
0: conspiracy theory. Oh, God. This Mm. is what I've been dreading the entire time. So let Mm. me help you out then a (sighs) little.
2: Yeah.
1: So based on your observations of how uh, Peter Parker reacts to his aunt and the vulture... I'm going to say that he's a geriatric file and make that head cannon for all future uh <laughs> Spider Man. I love
2: it. I love it. Yeah. I thought you were gonna actually like bring a fucking solid conspiracy theory and be like Peter Parker is actually Wolverine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he what? And he's like, no, he's just a geriatricophile. And I'm like,
0: yes. I'm just
1: going to roll that one thing into the next Spider-Man series
0: and uh, leave it at that. Absolutely. Well, I'm actually going to do a cop-out one universe theory. So as we all know, Stampede hurled a planet to, to pass between the Earth and the Moon to use tidal forces to rip apart the Earth. Right. And... Jim and the holograms happen to be doing a show in Dallas. uh, In Houston, I should say, rather. uh, At the time when suddenly everybody had to get off planet. NASA stuffed everybody into a rocket. Shot them off planet. Jim has the hard light hologram technology with her. Mm. And in the long travel from Earth to New Texas, there needs to be some form of entertainment.
3: So she makes boring cartoons?
0: So she makes... Boring-ass cartoons hmm. and an almost holodeck sort of a way for people to be able to interact in some fashion and get some type of exercise. So this is really just an exercise program for people to get an upper-body workout with the web swinging because this has about the same depth as those exercise video games that you can play every now and again at gyms.
3: Okay, you redeemed it with that last bit. I was not on board, but now that <laughs> I'm picturing people in like um, uh, those circular track uh, yep. circular track running track things to do virtual video games and they're just trying to web swing
0: just running and they're like web swinging I mean that's the mm-hmm. reason why he takes his shoes off because he, he needs to perform on those virtual tracks and you have to be able to slide across the surface of those with their socks. Yeah. So well,
3: I think Sally may be like a child of riot from one oh, of his, okay. one of his mini conquests.
0: Gotcha. Excellent. Um, and then, uh, I think that's where we left everything, right? I have a
3: slightly, I have a that's slightly, al- have a slightly alternative
0: time. theory. And you know, in that I-, I also want to try to weave in like a love story b- between, an unrequited love story between uh, Stampede and Starsha. Like, Stampede really is...
3: Well, they're both like eternal... They're they're both like eternal entities, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, I have a slightly different theory. Um, The theory is that um, when Starsha sent the hologram technology to Earth, she didn't just send one. And um, she... When uh, Jerrica Benton's father got the the hologram technology he built this incredible machine synergy that allows for hard light holograms at a, at whim to create the ultimate experience and um peter parker also received the technology and he made uh the spider flashlight that shoots out of his crotch <laughs>
2: I mean, what is, it, like, you guys, you brought it up earlier. What is the point of that? Like, it's not the bat symbol where you're like, hey, throw it up in the sky so I, Batman you know, can see. Let's, let's do a quick At any point in time.
0: If, if we take a look at the web, we actually <laughs> might, we might be able to find a Spider-Man belt flashlight. The spider dick. <laughs> like,
2: <what laughs> if is it's Chris merchandise, then no, I think the that explains dick. it. <laughs> I captured you guys, Spider. I
3: don't dick. think it is though. I, I, it's a very weird thing. I mean, it's basically a, a weird self-branding exercise, right? Let's yeah. Wiki
0: for Spider. Well, that's what I'm
2: saying. Spider Man. Like, hey, I just captured these bad guys, Spider. Did Spider
0: Man? Spider Signal, a powerful light emitted from Spider Man's belt to announce his rivalled criminals. It was also used as a light source, allowing him to see in the dark recently after upgrading his utility belt oh. the spider signal was so able to switch light. into a second mode which was a UV light setting for forensics purposes so he can see where oh so he came. can see
2: his own fucking loads yeah <laughs> don't turn that off he has wall. to turn that
3: off when he gets home <laughs> otherwise it's just it's spider it's webbing dick, everywhere spider dick and all see, new design my
2: webbing goes and all d- <laughs> my headboard in my drawers my mom is gonna be super mad spider dick
0: <laughs> and, and all new it was made by Joe Jameson oh, to use it from Spider a reflector Dick. in a police station in order to call Spider-Man if needed. So it's oh, Jesus! Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Oh,
2: wait, hold on. So, JJ so J. Jameson but this, wants to see Spider-Man's fucking jizz. This is, is all actually, over the town. This is pulled from the Marvel <laughs> da-
0: database, so this is actually something that's in the comics. Yeah, I don't doubt it. So this was essentially just another fan service that this episode what? was trying to play out. I feel like there's no original ideas in this series. Oh, my God. And I think that I actually might have just found a Spider-Man flashlight too. So. Well, we have to roll because to see what the next episode is. Yeah, we
3: got we to do the next episode.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. So the series is...
1: <sighs> so excited. Captain and the Game Master.
3: Yes.
0: Oh, God.
1: Oh, yes. <sighs> Oh, such garbage! This is primarily going to be between be between you and Derek. Uh,
0: me. Yeah. Oh, Cause, yeah, because it keeps, yeah, uh, David keeps waiting the dice. Yep. Because nice. Of, I've done so many. Well, yeah.
3: so
1: you're the you're the best among us.
0: I sincerely doubt that. You're, you're <laughs> our great You're our greatest hero. Uh, I don't think so. Well, then you're all doomed. Yeah, I'm switching
1: to a D twelve so I can wait wait it more. All right, here we go. And it's Matt. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh.
3: Nice. When I was growing up, I had um, uh, Super Mario and Legend of Zelda sheets that I was very proud of.
2: Oh, nice! I had Star Wars. That's that like, has more. They were like, yeah, they they Wars. were like Episode Four Tatooine sheets, so it was like brown. <laughs> Like, it, was, it wasn't, like, a good, like, you know, Return of the Jedi or whatever. It was, like, deep greens and blues or whatever. No, it was episode four, and it was, like, here's Ben and, you know, like, Luke's uncle and aunt's house, brown. <laughs> and now they're dead. Episode 32. Okay. Episode 32. How are you picking the episodes? By the way, we've
1: already counted right. how many episodes are in each uh, series, so I just do a random okay. number based on that. Uh, so
3: oh, okay. the fair enough. The episode we're going to watch for Captain in the Game Master is Battle of the Baseball Know It Alls. Ooh,
0: with the game element, Bo Jacks, Bo Jackson, baseball.
3: <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I am gonna hate this
0: yeah you are I heard Bo Jackson knows knows baseball Bo Bo knows baseball Bo also knows uh, football
3: yes I heard that Bo 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 knows basketball
0: too
2: knows bow hunting (laughs) I kid you not okay so I'm gonna give you
1: guys some time to do the research on that on that on that uh, Captain N show but uh, next week the Wildcats
3: the Wildcats (laughs) nice Guys, we've d- we've done it. We've done the bare minimum that podcasting requires. Yes! Alright, uh, I've been Matt Gardner most of the time during this podcast.
1: I deny being David.
0: In the sense that throughout the entire timeline, once you reach this certain horizon, infinity spreads out into nothingness. Oh. I've been Adam. For none of the time.
2: And signing off, this is Derek, because my friends are really weird. See ya. It's late.
1: Let's throw out this garbage
3: and restart the record.
1: Amazingly Terrible is produced by David Martins. Music by the Fish You Saved the Planet.
0: Rand, I... (laughs) I didn't know you two were... School.
1: Cool? You don't care?
0: Why? You wanna go out with him?